welcome to State of Mind, the Sea Press podcast with me, Grace Kingswell. This podcast series is an exploration into the lives of our guests, what drives them, how they've got to where they are now, and how they find balance to maintain their state of mind. For this final episode of the series, I have a pretty special guest lined up for you, and it's none other than Sea Press founder Timothy Stevenson. Now, Tim is a very interesting guy, and we talk in this episode a little bit about building the Seapress brand and what it's like to start a company from the ground up. Then we move on to discuss what he eats in a day, and finally, temptation, obsession, and addiction. There are also some amusing anecdotes in here from Tim's former life as a Canary Wharf suit wearer with a pretty serious blueberry muffin addiction. Anyway, enough from me. Sit back and relax because you are about to enter the Seapress state of mind. Why did you decide to do this? You know, why like it's it's a big deal to I think you were working in finance or something before and you know, you must have decided one day, do you know what? I'm going to quit that and I'm going to start a cafe in London you know, tough thing to do. Why, why did you do it? So um, I didn't, the short answer is. Okay. And I don't, think, uh, I don't think that many people do uh, wake up one morning and say, you know, stop everything that they're doing. Either you're doing nothing and you decide that it's about time that you start doing something or you have uh, another kind of journey path. For me, it was uh, very uh, financially uh, driven, as you mentioned, I was working in finance and... Um, I had a few interests in uh, various uh, ventures and uh, private equities and got particularly interested in the the food space and got particularly interested with the opportunity of um, bringing juice to another level and um, following those, uh, following the footsteps of uh, some family members I have in France, my cousins who... uh, who've uh, opened a salad bar concept and it's been quite successful and they've uh, they've got I think 30 stores to date so it's uh, it's always been in the back of my mind to uh, see whether or not there are some uh, replicable um, parts of their business with um, what I wanted to do here uh, in London and eventually the dots started to connect in uh, in 2014 and um, and by the end of the year we had um, open shop in, uh, in, uh, in in Fulham Road, and uh, from then on we uh, uh, moved on to um, uh, to the to, to our second location in Canary Wharf, and that was and uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. It didn't snowball. Snowball means that you you get a lot of momentum and uh, you kind of get carried away, and then mm. uh, eventually the snowball becomes like a, a huge uh, balloon. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 tough. All uh, all these uh, startup businesses uh, require a lot of work, a lot of attention, and so what started mainly as kind of like a a, um, a shared vision, but also uh, uh, another type of uh, financial venture, pulled me in slowly but surely from uh, spending 20% of my time to 50% of my time to 100% of my time to mm. now 100% of uh, literally every single day of, um, of the week. So it's, um, it takes a lot to get to where, um, to where we are today. 
and uh, and it's going to take a lot more to go where we want to go. And, yeah. uh, and that's kind of uh, making this uh, concept more available, making this concept more inclusive, making this concept uh, more about feeling good and lifestyle and less about uh, trying to be uh, dictating what it is that people should eat. I yeah. Think, uh, so if we kind of wind back the clocks a bit then, you're obviously passionate about healthy eating, um, bringing organic produce uh, to the market, putting that on offer for as many people as you can. Was that the way you grew up? Like, Is your family really into health? Did it, was it kind of just a natural thing for you to do? Or did you kind of come at this from, from a different angle? Um, no, the, the family's... Uh, I'm French and we, we do tend to live uh, around the dinner table and uh, eating and meals is, uh, is really core to uh, most French families. Um, we didn't have a culture of uh, eating out that much. We'd go to Chinese restaurants maybe once a month or something like that or have a pizza once a mm. month. But most, most of the meals were eaten at home and were cooked by my mom. And uh, it was good food. But um, I don't think there was a huge attention to uh, uh, nutrition, a huge attention to some of all uh, of all the keywords that keep popping up from um, gluten tolerance to lactose to uh, uh, plant based, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think we live in an amazing time for uh, for kids. Um, where suddenly there's a huge awareness of all these different uh, dietary conditions and uh, and discomforts that can really ruin the life of, uh, of people. For us, uh, I'm born in 81, you were either allergic to peanuts or you were eating too fast. There was nothing mm. between the two. Yeah. And as it happens is that, you know, some people do eat too fast. Most people can have uh, other um, other problems which are easily curable. So for me... Uh, I certainly uh, discovered uh, a, a different diet when I uh, lived in, uh, in Asia, and it was a diet which was uh, significantly reduced in uh, wheat and significantly reduced in, in dairy, and it just absolutely changed my life. And uh, I don't think that's necessarily a driver to why I wake up in the morning and do sea press, but it's, uh, it's definitely a, a key uh, aspect of saying, well, hang on a second. If this happens to me, and then you just make a few phone calls, you talk around you, and you happen that it happens to a lot of people around you, uh, there's a huge opportunity there to just do, um, you know, to not say much better. Let's just say let's do a let's do a little bit better than uh, what's available out there, and let's yeah. let's try to focus on uh, on bringing back some uh, some simple uh, recipes uh, with uh, the least amount of processing, and uh, yeah. in our case, we've um, had a few strict rules, which uh, one of them is uh, organic only and the other one is uh, no dairy. And how much would you say of what you're doing is true? Like, because your sea press is completely plant-based. Um, we don't shout, uh, go shouting that we're vegan, but we really focus on plants. Was that something that you always knew from the beginning when you started the concept? You're talking about dairy-free, you're talking about gluten-free. How important was the plant-based thing for you? To me, it's to me, it's really important. It's um, it's the one space where I think you can differentiate yourself. It's the one space I believe in, and but I don't impose it on 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 any of the customers. I think this is a personal belief, and a lot of founders they bridge the gap between uh, what they believe and their business. And I think that's um, something I've tried to steer away from. 
what if I change belief? What if uh, I um, I wake up and uh, and decide that what I'm doing is uh, is no longer works for me? How does that how does that uh, trickle down to the business? Uh, everybody, especially in nutrition, seems to be uh, changing their mind every second of the day. So what I liked about the plant based is that. To the exception of the recent carnivore diet, I think every single diet that I've read about uh, recommends eating more plants and recommends eating uh, more vegetables. Yeah. And that's exactly where we stand. And I also think that um, the creativity in, uh, in fruits and vegetables is, uh, is something that we're just starting to scratch the surface. So it's a good space to, uh, to innovate and um, it's a good space to bring new things, uh, new textures, and, uh, and new tastes uh, to uh, to our customers. Yeah. Um, Are you so you're plant based as well, and you're that's the way you eat. I'm 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 pretty much uh, ninety five percent plant based. Yeah. I'll literally uh, I'll, uh, I'll 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 eat what I'm being served uh, if I'm at a friend's house or if I'm being you know just. To not be uh, to not be rude, I think it's uh, it's easier to just uh, as I'm not allergic to it, and yeah. uh, it's not uh, it's not a huge deal for me. And um, and then on, yeah, on a day to day basis, it's uh, even at home, ninety mm. percent uh, of the time, my Have wife you... would be eating uh, meat. I won't. Okay. Can I ask you what you eat in a day? Have you seen on YouTube these "What I Eat in a Day" videos? You love YouTube. I do love YouTube. So I do love YouTube. There's a massive massive thing for here's what I eat in a day and people love it and I'm quite interested actually to know what you eat in a day so can you talk us through a normal day's eating so um I'll start up in the morning with uh because at the moment you're sorry to interrupt you at the moment you're doing something really interesting you're on a 60 day yes kefir challenge I was about to jump onto that tell us about it it's not it's it's it may have started as a challenge but it's actually quite easy and it's uh it's um I'm seeing a lot of rewards from it, but you uh, you take a shot of kefir in the morning uh, on an empty stomach, and then uh, you wait about half an hour, and then you can have some uh, some tea or some water, and then uh, eventually uh, wait another half hour and uh, and start your day with food. So this is quite easy for me because I I don't eat that much in the mornings, anyways. Okay. I'll probably uh, have my first meal uh, around 10:30, 11, more like a snack. Uh, with coffee, I'll not wake up with coffee. I'll wait to have a few hours before taking uh, taking coffee. And um, I like the way you say taking coffee because it is a drug, isn't it? After all, like uh, it's it's quite a, it's quite a powerful thing. I just like the fact that you said taking coffee. It's um, well defined a drug. If uh, well, is, is a, a drug something is a drug is a drug defined as a stimulant or something that uh, creates a dependency? I don't know. That's a very interesting point. And um, I try to stay away from dependencies. And one of the reasons why I don't take a coffee first thing in the morning is that uh, I think it significantly helps um, wake up fresh, wake up unclouded mm. and not high, you know, require that hit of yeah. caffeine. Yeah, and you then I'll take it to... generally because I enjoy it. And at no point in, uh, in my routine, if I miss out on a cup of coffee, will my day uh, be affected by it? Mm. I could be just me, but um, I think... Uh, that's um, that's definitely something uh, I try to stay away from. And then um, by uh, 12.30, uh, 1 o'clock, uh, I'll have lunch. Uh, it's usually on the go, unfortunately. So uh, a lot of the time I'll just grab a, a sea press salad. Um, if, um, no bad thing? 
No, I do eat bad stuff. No, I meant it's no bad thing uh, that you grab a sea press salad. No, no, that, that is no, that <laughs> And is then good. you inhaled and I was like, oh my God, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? No, I do eat bad stuff, but it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like it's cyclical. And I remember like it's these little things that you do every single day that you think are harmless. And eventually, six months down the line, they absolutely destroy you. And we all do it one way or the other. So I remember uh, when I was working in, um, in Canary Wharf, I would have a blueberry muffin every single day. Mm. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, it's, it's kind of nice. And this blueberry muffin, it had jam inside. And it was just like, Ooh. it was like a, a highlight of, uh, of my morning. And it's, it's no harm, just a little muffin, whatever. And then, you know, three months later, boom, you know, you gain like five kilos. And, um, and it's, uh, it's, I, I did the same with, uh, with some, uh, some crisps. I was having like a bag of crisps every day with, uh, with lunch. So you take a sea press salad, which is great. And then you have a bag of crisps. And guess what? After three months, boom, it was like five kilos. So it's, uh, it's, uh, and I think that, you know, those, those, those things are probably, uh, I would qualify them uh, alongside uh, um, other drugs because uh, I find it a lot easier to skip sometimes, you know, um, a cup of coffee than I did back then trying to skip that muffin. Yeah. So uh, it's because you get that that reward, like that dopamine hit in your brain and you get that kind of reward feeling. Just, it makes you feel great. And obviously your body then craves that again and again. It feels so good. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's dangerous. So yeah, I'll, I'll go through cyclical, I'll go through periods where I'll, uh, I'll just be, uh, it's unintentional. It starts mm-hmm. with just something so harmless and it just builds up to becoming something significant. And you're like, how did that happen? How did that happen? We've just launched a blueberry muffin at Cypress. Are you having the same issue? So the good thing about the blueberry muffin that uh, we've launched is, um, number one, it's about half the size of the other muffins that you'll find in the market. So yeah. whatever you're doing, it's going to be half yeah, as bad. Yeah, I never bad. feel guilty when I eat that. Yeah. It's just tiny, just a little muffin. It's just a little muffin. And uh, and then if you if you look at the ingredients there, uh, we've, we've, we've spent uh, quite a bit of time uh, removing as much as uh, possible anything that uh, would be highly processed or refined and uh, and the result actually worked out pretty well mm. it's uh, it's good it's a good addition to the to the sea press product range so lunch is at lunchtime and you usually grab a salad on the go and then what happens later so later during the day is um, this is when people usually reach for the the 3 the 4 p.m. slump and they have yeah. a snack so it's um I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep snacking on uh, some of the goodies that we have or I'll buy some goodies uh, on, um, on, the, on the go. Again, really trying to steer away from the, the processed stuff. It's, I, I mean, I like it. You give me a pack of M&Ms, it's the best thing ever. But it's, uh, it's, it's just really difficult to, um, to re- restrain yourself and it can just become a daily habit, which, uh, which is a problem. I'll eat... Um, if I'm really hungry, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll probably eat uh, in the afternoon uh, uh, toast, avocado on toast or some hummus. Or um, That's where every once in a while I'll probably do um, a gluten, uh, a steer away from my uh, no gluten diet and just grab a, grab a sandwich of some sort. Uh, that's kind of like emergency because I'm always moving around and mm. it's, uh, it's a little bit uh, hard to find something that's, uh, that's, uh, that's edible. Um, and then dinner is, uh, it's, if it's at home, it's fine. It's going to be quite uh, healthy. Vanessa's really healthy and uh, steering away also from processed foods and uh, steering away from, uh, from anything that's uh, too, uh, too sweet or too salty. Um, the problem arises when I go out and when I socialize. If mm. I go to the restaurant, then it's, it's, it's really difficult. 
it's really <laughs> difficult because you end up having a, a starter, you end up having a, a meal, and then I always have to finish with something uh, a little sweet, which I don't do at home, but when I go out... It, You're just in a different mindset and feel like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's fine. I think it's good to kind of... It's, it's irrealistic to think that one's going to be good in inverted commas all the time. Do you agree? I agree 100%. I agree 100%, but the temptation is just so huge all yeah. the time. And it's it's huge not only from food, it's it's from entertainment, it's from uh, everything around us is here to bombard us and yeah. take either our, our our time, our money, our attention one way or the other. And um, Okay, so here's a question then. What's your obsession? Obsession is... Uh, Can you define Do you obsession? Do you want me to define obsession? Yeah. Well, only it just made me think because you were saying, you know, the temptation is so hard when I'm in a restaurant and you always want this, you always want that and everything's bombarding us from from different angles. What's the one thing in your life that you are really, really fixated on that okay, you, you, so you've got to have or you've got to do? Or... All right, so there's obsession and then there's a, a, addiction. I've always been obsessed with uh, with uh, with learning and, uh, and knowledge and um, and that will lead to my addiction which is currently um which is currently youtube and it's something I, it's current in the sense that i've really kind of dived deep into this uh, youtube world about three months ago yeah and um the black hole of uh, youtube it's uh, yeah it's, it's, it's like when you discovered instagram tv and and i got a message from you saying oh my god three hours of my life just vanished <laughs> three hours of my life just vanished so <laughs> it, it's uh i think you know one of the things which um which happens with YouTube is that it's this one click leads to another click, which leads to another click. And I'm, I'm always very keen to see what are the suggestions that they have. And it's, I think it's a good character analysis. Um, just looking at somebody's YouTube and looking at what they suggest. So if you go on me, you'd be uh, seeing at tutorials on how to discuss uh, with giraffes. You'll see uh, <laughs> the pyramids are giant uh, capacitors. Uh, uh, you'd see uh, that uh, most of the moon landing uh, footage is um, is um, is fake. I'm not saying that people did what? not go to the moon, but I'm saying that the footage that uh, has been uh, taken oh, has my been goodness. significantly uh, anyways i'm not i'm not saying one or the other what i'm saying is that that's the kind of uh, um that those are the kind of holes that uh, kind of take you in quite mm. deep and uh, it's hard to crawl out of it sometimes <laughs> how do you crawl out of it i suppose sea press always brings you back i mean you work you work 24 hours a day there yeah, must see, always be someone it's usually me texting you saying I need well, this. Please, please help me with this. Seapress <laughs> takes you back for sure. No, I mean, I, I think addiction is a big word, but word. But when it's something that you probably do, you know, half an hour to forty-five mm. minutes a day, it adds up. So yeah, I have to be conscious about that. So can I ask you then, given that you openly admit that one hundred percent of your time goes on your business, which is a very valid um, and valiant uh, thing to say. What do you do to unwind and, and relax? And how do you, do you have to kind of uh, physically carve that time out of your day to say, this is when I'm just going to do me. I'm going to go for a run around the park or something like that. Like, All right. So there's a few things. I think it's, I, I'm not a workaholic. Um, I, I enjoy spending free time and uh, I'm currently working very hard uh, for Seapress to not be 100% of my time. And if it's 100% of my time, it's because you're being bombarded uh, by external uh, stimulants um, and, and there's, you just have to address them. So I think that's a normal and healthy thing in a growing business is um, 
being caught up with all these different processes and all these different requests and then you structure them and you try and create small pockets that can operate independently. So um, in order to um, to see the next stage of, uh, of C-Press, yeah, I think I'll, I'll definitely be uh, uh, working uh, less in hours, but probably working more in, uh, in productivity and efficiency because... Mm. Uh, uh, responding to requests is uh, is something that's quite time consuming. It has to, we have to find ways to um, to delegate that work, and we have to find ways to uh, automate a lot of that stuff. Also, uh, what do I do? I think the YouTube is, uh, is 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 just like that half hour unwind before you go to bed. Um, I have not been going uh or doing much physical activity in the last year and that's uh, that's got to change so i'm going to bring that back uh, in um i'm bringing it back slowly which is um which is good and um besides uh yeah besides that time is uh time is time is flying pretty uh, pretty damn quickly mm. uh i spend time with family as soon as i have uh, the chance yeah so that's nice yeah and, uh, that's i just it. must be so all-consuming but i think really rewarding as well i mean I, i'd like yeah, to think it's, so I've, it's a hundred percent rewarding it's amazing you're creating all these opportunities uh you're creating uh, all these products and uh it's uh, it's rewarding when you get validation it's rewarding when uh when uh when the customers uh see what you're doing understand what you're doing and just uh, start integrating uh your brand your products uh into their daily uh lifestyle yeah um you were saying how it kind of started off with juice and that was where the journey began. And then you kind of slowly realized as the sort of market change that, you know, you, you to be successful really needs to cater for more than just juice. And I know that for Seapress, coffee has become a huge part of that. And we really, really focus on it. Can I ask you what the difference is between, I mean, I love coffee, but I don't know much about the ins and outs. What's the difference between a good cup of coffee and a really, really great cup of coffee? It's, um, well, first of all, there's there's no right and wrong. It's just different products. There's, um, the coffee snobs will give you a certain definition that your good coffee is going to be well balanced. It's not going to be too bitter. It's not going to mm. be too acid. You're going to try and, the, the jargon is that as a barista, you try to dial into the sweet spot. And you dial in by making various adjustments <laughs> oh my God. to your grinder and making different adjustments um, uh, to the amount of coffee uh, you put uh, in the porter filter. So it's um, it's it, it's an art for me. Uh, I like to drink an espresso, and as an espresso drinker, I need the coffee to have a natural sweetness. Okay. For most people they will have a slightly different taste profile because they'll have a latte or they will have and a then flat it can white. Be bit, it can be more bitter, right? A little bit more bitterness, exactly, will get offset. And, um, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's really that balance that creates a good cup of coffee. So mm. sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll have a, an espresso that's a little bit too bitter. And a lot of the guys uh, in London, they tend to do it on the bitter side. I guess it's because... 80% of sales are going to be flat whites and lattes. So yeah, that's yeah. what they're doing. So if that happens, I don't want to, I never put sugar in the coffee. So what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll take a small piece of chocolate just to kind of offset. And then when you drink the, yeah, the coffee, it becomes really good again. Interesting. Cause I, yeah, I remember when I did my, um, 
my one day in actually behind the bar in Seapress and Alessandro, who's our area manager, was trying to show me how to like grind the beans. And it seems like they're forever grinding and regrinding and like changing the fineness of the beans. And you go into like, I don't know, Costa and it's like it just takes two seconds. There's obviously so much more to it than we realize. Yeah, sometimes there's a little bit too much and you, you have to find the right balance. And that's what we've been trying to do is um, is, is be as precise as possible. Mm. But, you know, uh, there's um, I remember in the beginning when I when I did the first uh, training manuals, I said, this is exactly how you need the coffee to come. So you need to put 19 grams of coffee and you need to extract it for uh, 30 seconds. And uh, you need to um, have a, uh, a shot at the end that's about 30 grams. And the poor guys, they were like one or two grams off. And they were just redoing it and redoing it and recalibrating. And I was like, guys, chill out. So I thought I, now I've kind of uh, made, the, <laughs> made, the training, made the training a little bit more relaxed and, um, and, and, and reintroduce uh, an aspect, which is, uh, you know, a quality check, uh, ba- you know, based on taste. You taste it and you see where mm. you're at and uh, if you need to make adjustments. But it's true that without going bec- becoming too uh, crazy about it, you will see a big difference between the morning and the afternoon and it's uh and you'll see also a big difference if it starts raining especially in place like um well in the sorry in the taste of the coffee and no in the calibration of the coffee (laughs) the calibration of the grinder so if it becomes suddenly a lot more humid i see you'll um you'll uh you'll deviate from uh from your 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 initial settings and you'll start basically getting a different taste profile if you had to choose between coffee like really great coffee and juice for the rest of your life you could only have one which would you pick huh it's a great question and i thought about this in advance and i know what i would pick but i want to know what you it's what uh well uh, i don't know i would i would i would take the juice i'm uh I'm, i love the coffee but i mean juice juice has so many different uh you can do so much more with uh, with juice, in my opinion. Mm. And when you're saying juice, I'm also thinking ginger and turmeric. And I literally live. You live for that stuff. I, I live for that stuff. And uh, and touch wood, it's like I I just since I've taken that started taking ginger and in uh, on a daily basis, it's uh, just never ever ever get um, uh, under the weather like I used to be. Yeah. So it's uh, I'll take uh, I'll take the you juice. You know, I I choose the coffee. And I'm not even a big coffee drinker, but the reason I would choose that is because for me, juice can be a really potent health aid. Like you were saying about the ginger and the turmeric and, you know, some of our super green boosters and stuff are really potent little elixirs. But if I was going to have to choose one for the rest of my life, I could eat loads of vegetables, right? And loads of fruit and get those nutrients, but I wouldn't be able to get the taste of a coffee. Okay, well, you're changing the rules. It's like you're trying to get both right now. It's like, okay, I can chew on ginger. Yeah, but no, it's a clever answer. Yeah, it is a clever answer. I can give you root ginger alongside your coffee. That's all right. That's fine. But it's good. I think you picked the right answer for if, someone that owns a juice brand. I think you know, stick. If you had juice. to, if you if if you had to basically, uh, uh, if yeah, it's like you have a ginger shot or coffee every single day. And a root gin, like just having ginger in my fridge is not, I'm not allowed that. No. Then I'd probably go ginger shot. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. 
Good answer for somebody who's uh, working for a juice company. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what our listeners would want to know about you. Like, if what's what? Can you tell it me something really interesting that I do, like that we don't know? Like, if I, because I'm thinking about pe- people that own other companies that do similar things, and I just, I guess it's, I guess it's just how they live their life. You know, are they as healthy as? as the company makes out that they should be and you know what what's one practice that they live by and you know do they do they kind of practice what they preach I guess is is the main thing and I think from what you've said so far the answer is definitely yes but that there's a lot of kind of balance that goes on as well behind those scenes would you agree yeah <laughs> <laughs> I hate you right now <clears throat> no no I'm uh, I'm I'm just kind of looking at um, I'm looking at the space and looking at uh, how other founders uh, communicate that because you don't really commu- like no I don't in the way that other founders I don't do. I well I I don't communicate because I see a lot more value in uh, the business that we're creating than mm. the the hero that's yeah. creating it. The hero story behind it where you, you know, you moved to Asia and just discovered that you were lactose intolerant and then had exactly. to come back to London and start a juice brand. Did, exactly. It didn't happen for you like that. Well, I did. Event, I did <laughs> this is a funny story. So, so I, I did have a, a few interviews uh, with some magazines. Thank God they never got published. But it was, <laughs> um, they were asking, uh, you know, what, what made me start it. So I, I would tell them, yes, I was lactose intolerant. And then they were like, oh, that's great. I heard about this other juice company in, um, in LA that uh, the founder was um, a heroin addict uh, living under the bridges and, and really kind of juice saved his life. And now he's got this uh, million dollar, uh, multi-million dollar empire. And I'm sitting here with, you know, my lactose intolerance saying, <laughs> <laughs> saying well, how do you want me to respond to that? I'm uh, I'm feeling slightly. All right, maybe I should focus a little bit more on uh, on making Seapress a great brand and less uh, a medium for me to communicate uh, um, my values and my personality. And uh, and and while while whilst you know I think there's a, there's a lot of uh, good in uh, in my values and personality. There's a lot more that can be done with the brand, and uh, and you can create something a lot more inclusive and and hopefully something a lot more scalable, so that we can reach more people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm going to ask you the same three questions I ask all of my guests, or should I say our guests? Yeah. Um, the first one is if there was one thing in your life that you could do again, what would it be? It's a good question. I would, um, there's nothing in particular that I think, uh, I wake up in the morning saying I really want to do it again. But what, what, what happens is, uh, as you get a little bit older, and uh, you have new people around you in your life. Uh, in my case, um, my wife and uh, yeah, congrats and, by the way. Uh, just just you. got married. Just got married. It's it's not about doing things again. It's about taking the best things that you've done and you haven't had the opportunity to share it with them and say, you know what, I want to I want to take you there. Well, I want to do this with you because this was pretty amazing for me and it's worth sharing and it's worth uh, but if if you know if it was just myself I'd be like okay I've done that I don't mm. need to do it again so sharing uh, some some moments on the top of my list um, one of the most uh, memorable uh, places and trips that I've been was um, uh, to um, to Iceland 
And, wow. um, and I think that would be uh, definitely on the, on the top list. I don't think I'd need to go back again if it was just myself, but taking, uh, taking somebody, uh, people close to me to, to show them mm-hmm. what I experienced and say, this is what it's about yeah. would be, uh, would be quite important to me. Amazing. And what's one thing that you would change if you could? Nothing. Really? Yeah. Nothing at all. Nothing, and and this is part of. Uh, That's this, not me fishing for an answer. I just no, usually, no, I mean, usually can, people do have an answer. We can uh, we can really kind of dig dig around, and uh, you. Um, I really wake up every single morning, looking at what's happening right now, and maybe kind of like what we can do tomorrow, what mm. we can do in the future. Uh, what we can build, anything that's kind of uh, uh, in the past is, is irrelevant, and it's uh, it's 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 easy it's easier to save and to kind of uh, live by it. But um, I think it's uh, if you start looking at change, then you're starting at things that you could have done better. And I think it's, yeah. it's not it's it's you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So well, so you wouldn't. What about changing? You know, all the vegetables and fruit in the world is just magically all organic. Okay, well, there's there's two types of changes in that case. I mean, we can look at, you know, I can be like, a, uh, you know, Miss America beauty pageant and say like, you know, I'd like world peace. Yeah, that's, um, thanks. But another, what I'm saying is you can thing, give me a frivolous answer. Another, okay, to. so another thing I would say is like uh, uh, my, my parents uh, signed me up for uh, piano lessons when I was a kid. Okay, if I had to change, maybe... I would have liked to be a little bit more uh, strict on myself and persevere so that today yeah. I could, you know, play the piano. And I'm, I'm not talking about being a, a virtuous or anything, but it's, uh, I think I've never met somebody um, who was a, a musician who wasn't uh, significantly happier than most other people. Music tends to bring a lot of happiness in life. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great answer. You see? Can, it can be fun and frivolous. Yeah. Um, and the last question the podcast is called State of Mind. What does state of mind mean to you? It's some, uh, some Jedi mind trick. Some, uh... <laughs> You're quite into martial arts, aren't you? Or used to be. I don't know if no, you do no, it anymore. No, no, I do it. I do it. I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. And um, it's uh, time, uh, time permitting. Uh, I've been doing more and more of uh, the, um, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, uh, and a lot of it is, uh, is really mind over, over matter. Mm. And you could probably link that to state of mind a little bit because you, uh, when, you're, when you're being pinned down by a 150 kilo person who's trying to choke you and uh, <laughs> there is a way out, you have to find it, but there is a way out. There is always a way out. And it's actually a great uh, martial art for, uh, for, for, uh, for women uh, because it gives them... Um, the tools to uh for when overpower. we're just being jumped on by 150 kilo men you know down a dark alley poor women <laughs> it's uh maybe you know it's uh it's 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 useful and it's i don't think necessarily yeah. about the uh as you said you know it, what are the likelihood that you're gonna get jumped in an alley it's probably mm. small but if you can uh, uh control yourself uh and, and find a way out in a structured way, you can apply this to life, 100%. And, uh, nice. So it's kind things... of like a, a, a breadth of, of mind, like a kind of clarity and space in a way. Jedi. Jedi. Nice. Thanks, Tim. I think Pleasure. we're done, you know. All right. 
Thank you so much for listening to this final episode. I don't know where the time's gone and I can't believe we're at the end of series one already. Thank you for listening and for your support along the way. If you haven't already, I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review and subscribe so that you don't miss season two, which is on its way very soon. Keep up to date with the BTS on Instagram at Grace Kingswell and at Seapress Juice. I'll leave it there for now and talk to you all very soon. Bye.